full scope of podcasts of two guys in their 20s, giving the perspective on the games that we love, headlines of pop culture, and the meaning about it all. I'm your host, Wendy Burns, and I'm my kind of bar save on Morris. How's it going? Well, let's see, you know what I just thought about, bro? <laughs> what did you think about? The intro that you said, guys in their 20s, that ends this year, bro. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> reinvention, reinvention is coming to full scope. <laughs> ah, I'm going to be 30, man. Sheesh. <sighs> It's gonna be terrible. But uh, besides that, I'm doing. Besides that, good, everything's brother. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a lot of topics to, to, to get in for this episode, as usual, and um, obviously we're gonna give some thoughts on um, the, the uh, wild card round for, for the NFL. Um, also, yeah. some album reviews in the second half. We're gonna do a review of the nanny. But to start off with just thoughts on Dallas' dominant win on the road at Tampa Bay. Um, the Cowboys won 31 to 14, and Dak Prescott threw for four touchdowns, 305 yards, and played just a turnover-free game. Um, and, and before this game, you know, we even thought that this would be one where the Cowboys should win convincingly, um, even though they were on the road. This Tampa Bay team was was not the same team that, that we had seen in the last couple of years. But uh, what were your thoughts on this win for Dallas and just kind of like um, the momentum that, they, that they, they're kind of going with into San Francisco? You know, that, I think that was the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway, what we talked about prior to this game playing we said Dak Prescott cannot make mistakes. He can't turn over the football. He had an right. interception every game for the past, I think, six to eight weeks. He didn't have a turnover. He had four touchdowns. As you mentioned, the running game still not as potent as I wanted to do, wanted it to be. But Dak Prescott played a perfect game, and he got the job done for his team. So kudos to him. But yeah. these point extras, you know, these, these, oh, these yeah. extra point kicks, man, they will bite you later down in the road. So they got to fix that three straight, um, which is unheard Dak, Dak of. Even threw his helmet, Dak threw his helmet down after like the, the third one. He was like, look, come on, come on, man. Hey, We're about Dak, to go to San Francisco. <laughs> Dak, you don't need to throw your helmet at anything. You should be a support of all your teammates, <laughs> brother. Because all the, the mishaps you've had this year and what they've been trying to invest and believe in you these past couple of years after your injuries and throwing interceptions and, and all this other stuff. So you don't need to say anything. My microphone doesn't want to stay still. So I'm just lazy to just try to fix it, rotated it. But no, <laughs> but you know, and, and what, what I feared the most, and I, and I don't think it was Brian Leftwich's play calling ability. I think Tom Brady is at that stage of his career where he can't do certain things like he did in the past. And you say, what's the difference from, you know, the 2020 and even last in 2021 year where they went to, yeah, offensive line is one. Worse has, has allowed a couple sacks more than he normally has. The other four has been just staggeringly awful. And that's why they've been getting cussed out on the sidelines. And then you have Julio, you know, scoring a touchdown, but those those wide receiver connections that they used to have, the running game is another one that is non-existent. Those things play a role in helping the quarterback. Nobody helped Tom Brady mm. in that game. Yeah, you know, they you know, they trail first most of the first half, came back and scored two touchdowns, wasn't enough. I don't think firing Brian Leftwich, the offensive coordinator for the past four years, who won a Super Bowl with, who went to the playoffs, it, it's a couple of things. I don't think fire him was the answer but i do think nobody helped tom brady in that game nobody at, at all and i mean like when you look at because obviously there's there's going to be just like we talked about with aaron Rodgers last week speculation about like what's the next move for them 
Um, what do you what do you think about like the, the possibilities for what Brady's going to decide to do? Because there has been rumors of you know possibly going to Miami. Um, that the Jets have been mentioned as one, even the Raiders. But but, but what do you kind of think is the is the next fit for for Brady? Because it obviously is one of those things where he has to have a solid offensive line in a team that's kind of like already set in place to make a run. Um, right. Because he was, th- I mean, he, he's he's throwing quick passes, but the passes, the, how quick he was throwing the, the the passes against Dallas showed he just he did not he does not want to be hit anymore. He can't take it, and no. that was definitely a, clearly a sign in that one. Yes, and for those two teams you mentioned. And what you said before about the offensive line, Miami has one of the worst offensive lines in the past <laughs> yeah. four to five years, right? And we see Tua get hit yeah. for several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, even uh, Money Fitz, Fitzgerald, he, he's been he's been splattered when playing with with the Dolphins, and the Jets' offensive line is no offensive line is no different. So it has to be a situation, and it's both for Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. It has to be a situation where the offensive line is sustainable, right. that they are consistent and not letting, uh, letting, allowing sacks, allowing as much many pressures. Tom Brady doesn't need that much time, but if he's getting hit and his quick release, something is wrong because <laughs> he gets rid of the ball faster than any other quarterback, even in his you know his later years in his career. So it has to be a situation that will allow him to keep that same energy he had, you know, you know, prior with uh, New England Patriots and with the you know first two years with Tampa Bay. But I don't see any other situation who wants Tom Brady, who offers a line is consistent enough. Those two teams, I think, are only available for him because they want him. But he's going to yeah. have to either choose to stay with a team that you've been with for the past three years, or go to a team who offers a line. It's not as good, but their weapons are really, really good, especially the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. You have two good wide receivers. Yeah. And well, actually, I'll say three good wide receivers and, and a strong tight end. And I they think got the a lot of good game weapons. is consistent. Yes. So pros and cons. He's gonna whip out his old handy nanny notebook. <laughs> like get the, news get clues. Get the bad. <laughs> get the bad. Right, pros, cons. cons. And cons. <laughs> and he's gonna have to stick with them. But if we're if we're looking at what what he's what he needs, those teams will not be They're not uh, going to fit that. Not not yeah. going to sustain his needs. Not not all. And the offense line is definitely number one for Tom Brady. Absolutely. Um. And now getting into to the Jaguars' massive comeback against the Chargers. Um. Jacksonville won thirty one to thirty after being down twenty seven. And Trevor Lawrence went from you know throwing four interceptions in the first half to finishing twenty eight of forty seven and two hundred eighty eight yards. And, and this is the type of, of game where. You know, many people have mentioned that it it really was like a tale of two halves. Everything yeah. w- went wrong for, for Jacksonville in the first half. Yes. And the, the second half, they, they completely uh, uh, flipped the switch and just Trevor Lawrence was so potent in the in that second half. But yes. um, what are your th- what thoughts on this comeback? Because like, obviously, whenever there's a comeback like this, there's the question of was it more so of the team that came back or the team that that blew the lead? But but what, what were some of your initial thoughts on this? I think it's so funny that the Chargers were so finely tuned in the first half, you know, creating turnovers. Trevor Lawrence looked like he didn't know where he was. Justin Herbert was doing his due justice. Running game was working. Defense looked really, really good. Yeah. And then the second half, it flipped like a like a coin. I think the biggest thing for the Chargers was their defense broke down. Joey Bosa, right? I think it's Joey. Yes, Joey. Nick is the Joey, other brother. Yeah. Nick Nick is at uh, 49ers. But Joey Boza, it was a big play, fourth down, created a turnover. Joey Boza is offsides. 
those 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 things right there change the whole outlook of the game. Yeah. The second day, didn't look as poised as they it, they weren't throwing any different plays out. It was still the same plays. It was just broken coverage, miscommunication, and Jacksonville capitalized on the miscommunication of the defense, especially that secondary. So hats off to them for not quitting. It is not how you start, it's how you finish. That's always been circulated through sports. But in football, it hits a bit different. And we see that all the time when teams come back. And if they didn't adjust. I think Peyton Manning kind of debunked that. There was no adjustments at halftime. We drink Gatorade, eat oranges, and use the bathroom <laughs> on the field. So they didn't really adjust and stick to the game plan. I'm I'm assuming they stuck to the game plan and it started working. And then you get complacent as it as a team when you're when you're up that much. Mm-hmm. So man, it was a lot of breakdown, a lot of mental errors on the front line, not a lot of mental errors on the back end. Travis Lawrence bunkered down and started making throws, and his wide receivers made it easy for him in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it it, it was a phenomenal comeback. And when you look at also, there's been the the, the the questions of the play calling for, for, from from the Chargers and kind of the issues of, of, of breakdown and and kind of picking the right plays mm-hmm. late in the games. Like, do you feel as though like that's another thing, kind of like the late game situations when a team is kind of like trying to figure out how do we close this game, but there's a yeah. breakdown and like you know making the wrong play call and things just you know it, it is a Monday you know Monday morning quarterback thing where people can yeah. easily criticize the coach. But he got a lot of flack for for some of the play calling decisions he made late in that game. I do think he took the you know the pedal off the gas uh, a little bit and stopped calling more aggressive plays. He was more you know complacent and 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 you know just trying to not give up that lead. Right. But sometimes yeah, you got to not to lose. Yeah, playing not to lose, not trying to make mistakes, not trying to put your your third you know gear quarterback in situations where. He has to, you know, throw throw the ball. You get, you know, down the distance. You get to second and ten, third and whatever. So they're trying to call plays to make sure they don't get behind the the behind the. Uh, whoa! Behind the eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that behind behind the sticks, man. Because you, yeah. you get down the distance, and when you get to third and ten, third and twelve, third and thirteen, this those plays are hard. And now you have to put your quarterback in situations to make a play. And most times, quarterbacks, you know, force the ball. So for them to that play call, and I think did, you know, play a role in them. The you know being the defense and in charges coming back. Now we don't have to really blitz as much. We can stay in zone cover. Well, zone coverage. We can stack the box because we know you're gonna run a little more. Your running game is not working. So now you can put the ball in Justin Herbert's hand. Now yeah. we could blitz on third down. Now we know what you're doing. Now we can come back and our offense can capitalize on good field. You know field advantage. So yeah, it's, I think play calling definitely played a role in them. You know losing. That oh man, 31-30, man, that's a tough that's loss. A tough loss. Think three interceptions. Yeah, the, you the think the game half. is secure. You really think the game is secure. And that just it, it's like how methodically it happens. Cause after they made it 30 to 21, I was like, okay, like, this is a completely different game. It, yeah. it, it it's happened so slow. Like, like you get one touchdown, another one, then before you know it, it, it it's it's a tied game. So I mean, like, like that. That element of it is, is just something that, that I think was, was so astounding with, with the outcome. But in terms of the other wild card games, you know, we had, um, you know, the, the 
the Cincinnati Baltimore one that went down to the wire. Oh man, um, this was, that was a really good one. Yeah. Also, Miami Buffalo. Miami really pushed Buffalo, but they, they were a, 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 able to to, to swoop out with the win. The Giants win. Were there any games that, that that or maybe one in particular that kind of stood out to you in terms of the outcome? Oh man, all of them, man. <laughs> to be honest, with the Dolphins, There's a lot and of good games. Game. Yeah, a lot of good games. I thought Josh Allen played a, a more solid football game. And it still came to the, down to the wire, but I think he played a more poorish game, which you're going to need for the next round, the divisional, divisional playoff round. So yeah. I love how he played. That was my biggest thing for him. Can he make play a mistake-free football game? Can he make the right decisions for his ball club? And he did. And, you know, moving to the Giants and the Vikings, man, Bro, Kirk Cousins, bro. Kirk Cousins. That's the thing you have to start out with. Like, there's nothing else you can start out with except for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, bro. He made two touchdowns. Okay, cool. <laughs> but it's it's always the mixed and mixed feelings with Kirk yep. Cousins. He's high highs and low. And highs and never, lows. Never and consistent. Never ever <laughs> consistent. Now you got the Giants. And we t- I talked about this. If the Giants win the Super Bowl, I ch- I called it, bro. Yeah. I said you, you said this is how they come in the wild card. <laughs> they don't have an amazing <laughs> They started off really good, for, put up uh, 14 points in the first quarter, and they yeah. just be consistent every quarter after that, man. And they wanted it more. They definitely wanted it more. They, I love the play calling they mix up with Daniel Jones to get, you know, to, you know, to create a mismatch because yeah. we, Saquon Barkley is still not playing. Um, he's still banged up, so he wasn't as, you know, effective for the offense because he's not in – Pads mm-hmm. and say so they're gonna need Saquon next 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 oh, round. Oh yeah, they're going definitely they gotta, <laughs> against the Eagles. But Ravens and the Bengals was I think was my favorite. It just showed me you better pay Lamar Jackson. They would I think they would have won if they had Lamar in there probably. <laughs> yeah, you that just makes me think. You, now you see you're not gonna draft a rookie quarterback who's gonna do the same thing Lamar did. You just fired your offensive coordinator, which. My eyes, two things. One, you're scrapping the whole offense, and now you're moving out of direction of Lamar, or you're scrapping the offense to create a different, a different offense for Lamar to expand the playbook a little bit. So you're not, you know, mm. putting him in confines and and, and, and put him in a box. So it, I'm I'm eager to see what direction they they go into. But w- this loss just showed me they need to pay Lamar Jackson because I think he brings a different element. Tyler Huntley is a decent quarterback, but he's no Lamar, no Jackson. Lamar Jackson. You're not going to find a replacement for Lamar Jackson. No, because he nobody fears him. They mm-hmm. fear Lamar Jackson. We've seen that the first year he came, and he was playing in and out with Joe Flacco. And when he got the, the head nod, people were like, okay, we got a plan for Lamar, bro. See this play? The whole the, the, the film room gets different when you play Lamar Jackson. You have to be serious. So yeah. th- pay the man. That's that's what I took from that. Lamar Jackson needs to be paid. I don't want to see Lamar in any other uniform but the Baltimore Ravens. I think he's he's going to be a Baltimore Raven for a long time. Pay the man. Yeah. But no, it was a lot of great games. But I think the Ravens and the, that fumble, man. Oof. That f- that's oh, the, my that's god. Literally, that's literally the game. That's literally the game right there. It's that, that close. Yeah, man. Like, that's I love football because you can't get that in any other sport. Maybe rugby, but it's not as potent. <laughs> that's crazy, bro. One yard Mill- line. Millions of people on a Sunday night are, are not going to be watching a rugby game. No. <laughs> but they're going to be watching a playoff <laughs> Absolutely game. Absolutely <laughs> not. Maybe on YouTube Maybe highlights. On YouTube. <laughs> but nothing to, to this uh, ramification. But I yeah. love football, man. And that play right there, man. I think, you know, 
you had a high percentage quarterback sneak reached over, but no, all these games were were crazy. I wish my prediction with the Seahawks went through. I was about to say um, that was the one game I was paying attention to the most because, like, it was it it had its moments, but San Francisco was just too much in the second half. I didn't see him a check off in time and it bounced. That's what it did. <laughs> That's what it did. That what happened. <laughs> Um, and, and and now getting into with the divisional round, obviously there, there's a lot of intriguing matchups. Um, for, you know, and, and to me, like the, for the AFC, the Bills Bengals one stands out a lot because obviously, like that yes. that was a, a game that obviously had a lot of emotional sentiment with the Demar Hamlin situation. And now those teams actually facing each other in the postseason. I think it's going to be two really elite AFC teams, and you got um, Josh Allen going up against Joe Burrow, and I think the, those two quarterback how they how they play. And, and, and what they put out is going to really determine the outcome for that one. And then yeah. for the NFC Giants Eagles, I mean, the the this is whenever you have a division type of game, it can like we, we even saw with Miami Buffalo. We didn't not a lot of people thought without their starting quarterback to a Buffalo would would, would kind of have much of a tough tough matchup with them. But it was very close. Miami right. was very familiar with them. So, so uh, the Giants Eagles, I think that 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 can be another really good one. But are there any like particular matchups that you kind of think for the divisional round might be like the most intriguing ones? Every last one of them, man. You you look at the headlines for the Jaguars. They skip by. They come back from that 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 point deficit went by one point. Now they play the number one seed in AFC, who has, is a poised Super Bowl winning championship team in Patrick Mahomes. What Patrick Mahomes has has you know done this year with that wide receiver core. And be able to still be number one at AFC and missing a lot of people say he would not be the same without Tyreek Hill. It's not, I mean, Tyreek Hill played a role, but Patrick Mahomes is a, a great quarterback and he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback in the making. But you have this young guy, you have this seasoned guy now, and can they get lucky again? Can he can he not go to Waffle House after winning the game and Make sure his body is right. I think he's been listening to Chad Johnson too much, but he just went to Waffle House instead. It's crazy. But hopefully t- Trevor Lawrence can make, you know, he's never learn lost from his mistake. Never, never lost, lost on, on a Saturday. Saturday. What It's so funny how they, how, they, how they have these, like, random, like, he's never lost on a Saturday. Bro, they okay. literally pull out the hat, like, okay, which one we're going to fit today? It's oh, like, yeah, These random statistics are so hilarious. Bro, they'll fight anything. They'll seriously say it. They'll seriously say the pregame. He's yes, never bro. lost on a Saturday. He never lost on a Saturday. He never ties his shoes the same the same way. He's different, man. Like, they'll come up with a statistic. Oh craziness bro <laughs> shut up shut up please but no like can you can you learn from your mistakes you threw four interceptions in a wild card race and you still skimp by now you're in the division playoff now you're playing a dog in a team Man. not taking anything from the Chargers, but you know chiefs are dogs they've yeah, been there a different team and then the eagles eagles have been patiently waiting who they're going to play then they get a division rival it, it, it's set up for be like this. Daniel Jones, first time in the division playoffs. Mm-hmm. Giants haven't been here for a while. Gi- Eagles, you know, are are made to go to the Super Bowl this year, it seems. So the headlines there, and I'm just I'm just so excited for Jalen Hurts to continue to silence haters and to be the quarterback he was always destined to be. And you like the Cowboys 49ers. This I think this is the big one for me. Dak Prescott going against a third string quarterback. <laughs> Who's p- 
play better than him the past three, four games. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be crazy. Running game is not working for Dallas. What can you what can you stand on? Can that Briscoe give you three tutties again and not make mistakes? Because this defense is really coming for him. They love playing quarterbacks like Dak Prescott. And it's it's gonna be a field day for both teams, I think. But what what are you gonna rely if you're a Dallas Cowboys? Somebody has to step up. Is that if his dad is it Ezekiel? Is it to, Tony Pollard? Tony Pollard? I think Tony Pollard has to have a big game. I think he it has, has to have, have a big, big game. game. Running game is gonna have to be yeah. be up at the top most. I think their offensive line is still good, but this these two, yeah man, I don't understand. I'm it scratches my head because Ezekiel Elliott coming out of Ohio State was the guy. His first three mm-hmm. season, he was the guy. Then he just you know he's not looking like that anymore. No. And then Bengals and Bills, man. Come on. Come on, man. Quarterbacks. I like these young quarterbacks. We always give Patrick Mahomes. I think this and, might and go down as a classic. Yeah, yeah. It, I hope it does. This one guy has been to the Super Bowl already. One guy is wanting to get to the Super Bowl. And everybody's skipping to, okay, Patrick Mahomes and Allen, the Bills, going at it again for the AFC don't, Championship. Don't forget Cincinnati. Don't let, don't. Cincinnati's <laughs> been here. They were there last year. <laughs> So here we go. So all four of these games, bro, are really, really good. I'm really excited about the division playoffs. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited for all four of these games. But I think the one that I'm really looking forward to, and I know I went through all of them, is the Cowboys and 49ers. Third straight quarterback, man. This is what you live for. You know how many people that got hurt so he could be here, too? Not that many, but in football, that's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Bro. That's a lot of people getting hurt, bro. And you, he's been balling. You picked against you picked against San Francisco last week. Are you going to do it again? No, no, yeah, no. San Francisco. No, San Francisco wins. I don't think Dak Prescott plays a good game. Um, Typical Cowboys loss. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Cowboys loss. You know how Stephen bro. A. You know how Stephen A. says that. You know how Stephen A. Stephen says. Just, just wait at the in, most inopportune moment. They'll yeah. disappoint you. Like, yes, Stephen A. is such a troll. He always, every time the Cowboys always. loss happens, he goes he immediately goes live stream. <laughs> bro, it's so funny, bro. But I think, yeah, I don't go against 49ers. Brock Purdy, man, third three quarterback, playing he plays, like he's he plays like beyond his years. Like that's the yes. That's, he's in a Shanahan system. Like he plays like like I've been here before. Like I, I yes. I, I've been like the last five years I've been in the postseason and it's just like another routine matchup. Don't make mistakes. Game manager, give what the, the defense gives you. Christian McCaffrey is going to be the difference maker. He was that against the Seahawks. I mean, he's been like that since the Carolina Panthers, but I think they're fine. He's finally getting to realize his capabilities in a more uh consistent environment. Cause we know yeah. the Panthers have been up that's, and that's down. Yeah. And then you have a head coach who's like, okay, I'm going to give you the ball, but I know there are going to be plays and opportunities that's going to be different than you had. It's mostly right. in the passing game. With the, and I know I'm going down the step, but with the, 40, with the Panthers, he ran through the tackle most of the time. He ran a lot. But this time, it, you, we're going to conserve your football life, and we're going to you know, pass you, get you out in the space, so you have to go through the tackles a lot. That's why we got Debo Samuel. That's why we got Elijah Mitchell. That's why we got Jordan Mason. We got guys like that who could go through the tackle. But he's the difference maker. He's the impact player. Can't go against the 49ers again. I think 49ers are going to handle mm-hmm. Dallas, Dallas and Prescott easily. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now getting to our first album review with, with Sky Zoo and the other guys, The Mind of a Saint. Um, in his 11th studio album, produced entirely by the other guys, um, it delves into the innermost thoughts of Franklin Saint, the, the lead character in Snowfall, and 
Sky Zoo's uh, um, masterful writing kind of ac accurately uh, uh, captures the thoughts and experiences um, Franklin Franklin is experiencing. But uh, what were your thoughts on this album and, and this project? Because we we reviewed Sky Zoo's um, out project before this one, and obviously he's he's very authentic in terms of the the writing that he does. The instrumentation um, has a, has a very vintage hip hop feel to it. Um, but what, what were some of your kind of your initial takeaways on it and, and, and what you kind of felt from it? Another solid project, bro. Um, yeah. I, yo, one thing I do like from him, he's a gifted writer, bro. He's, he's yes. really, really dope. And mm, a lot of people, we talked about this, well, I think a couple of podcasts back, like to be able to be a storyteller. But mm. I think he's a, he's a good mixture. He's like, he's, I think he's like a Nas because Nas was a good storyteller and he had bars. And he, you know, he was lyrical, storyteller, bars. I think it was a full mixture in his songs and bore you. His songs and, you know, make you want to say, okay, I'm done with this. All right. All right. Skip this. I thought this was a very solid straight through project. Bars, hip hop, boom, pap, the whole shebang. I feel like I'm on the street in Brooklyn, the Bronx. That's how I felt. <laughs> hearing people, Puerto Rican, Dominican Republic. Hey, Puerto Rico, like, 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 I'm there, bro. Like I'm with Bronx. I saw five drug deals in 30 seconds. That's a record, bro. That is a record, bro. <laughs> that is <laughs> a record. <laughs> That's a, no pun intended. It was a record. Yeah. But no, um, no, I thought it was very solid, bro. His his mm -hmm. last project that we uh that we uh reviewed was was very solid too. And then I'm if you're a hip hop enthusiast, bro, and you just like you're a connoisseur of hip hop, bro, like albums like this, or for I don't sure. even know. You're gonna love it. You're yeah, gonna bro, for sure. It. For sure. And he's he's that he's that great storyteller, man. Check boxes. Yeah, this is very solid. This is what we need, man. We need to get back to the corners. Of, on the corner, people just rapping, bro. That's what hip hop started. That's the culture. It, it's like it's albums like this that take you back to that because I feel as though not not saying that, you know, we're completely void of, of talented artists in hip hop, but there isn't that consistent feel of just like what what hip-hop was originally intended to be like do you feel as though um when you hear albums like this do you feel as though there's a possibility possibility that there are more artists underground that we possibly haven't heard from that want to bring the, bring this back but just kind of haven't gotten the critical acclaim or or maybe the 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 shine light or the, the, the spotlight that other artists get I think so, man. There's a lot of hip hop enthusiasts who that actually are artists, man, and it want to bring that back. And it's it's not popular as obviously as it used to be. A lot of people, we, the hooks is the most important things for yeah. people now. This just what can we remember? And then auto tunes and the whole so everything is shifted to this new era of music. But man, just I miss those days of listening to artists like obviously like Nas obviously like we're you know growing up and being able to re-listen to people like Rakim and yeah. you know people like that who are really authentically hip-hop even Curious One I like Curious One he's more of a conscious rapper but, he, but, yeah. but he's dope nonetheless so like guys like that who are who paved the way for rappers to rap on autotunes is it, is really dope, and I'm one of those guys who rap. <laughs> Not all the time. It sounds good. I don't know. You're like, I mean, I may be a part of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Want, I'm changing here shortly, so I'm, mm. I, yeah. So I want to get back to that boom pap, that yeah, real authentic hip hop. Doesn't matter who likes it or not, but if you really 
love it. the foundation, yeah. bro. This is this is what you do. So yeah, nah, yeah, nah. And I like his name. His name is really dope. Sky Zoo. Sky Zoo, man. That's an interest in the other guys. The other <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> I love how we Maybe have a name. In the temptations. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and, and now getting into our next project, this, this was re-released um, uh, last Friday, Declaim and Mad Libs in the beginning, volume three. I'm in this 14th uh, uh, full-length album from Declaim. The production is so varied, whether it's from, from jazz, funk, or soul. And there's just so much lyrical prowess throughout over, um, as we even mentioned in the last project, Heavy Boom Bat Beats, and, and it had a, another vintage hip-hop feel to it. Um, and, and this really does feel like, it, it, the instrumentation, the instrumentals in it are just beats that I think so many artists would want to use. It, 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 has, it has so much variety in it, and, yes. and, and, I, and I think it definitely has that type of uh, just consistent, grimy nature uh, at, 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 at its core in so many tracks. But uh, what, what did you kind of think about this project, and, and, and what was you know what was put out throughout it? Yeah, this was this was, this is really dope. You you could tell by the the cover art that it was is going to be originally old school rap, yeah, um, authentically hip hop as we we keep saying reiterating, and I th- you got to appreciate this type of music. This is like a capsule for for, for me because because we don't get this on the regular. So when this when things like this come out and we already know it's kind of it's been out, so they, I guess yeah. they they remastered yeah, it. Remastered. So, now it makes me want to like go listen to the old like oh, what did you tweak that catalog what did yeah you, yeah what did you tweak what did you change like why did you change it yeah. did you like what's the reason behind remastering and resending it out do you want the new stream number so you can get paid from it and get yeah. your so but no I thought this was, was once again authentically hip hop really dope lyrical just there boom pop the beats are nice bro you can this just freestyle it this was a yeah, treat to hear nice. this re-release man yeah. <laughs> this is a capsule this is nice, bro. it's a time capsule yeah exactly this is that's how you sum this up this is a time capsule in a good way you know we're not just throwing away old things these are gems these mm-hmm. these are things that need to be preserved hip-hop needs to be preserved and these artists are continuing to put it out so that we can preserve the real foundation of hip-hop yeah definitely man and, and, and i mean like that that really is the thing because whenever something is re-released like it, it i feel as though it should have a long lasting purpose. It should be something like, Hey, like this was a classic and we want to even like enhance it for, for younger listeners. Cause if there are, you know, listeners out there that, that haven't heard projects like this, like, like, like what would you recommend in terms of like why they should go listen to something like this and, and, and why it's just so important if you really appreciate hip hop. You need to learn the fundamentals of hip hop before you be able to just get out and rap. You got to know what the history of the way it came from, why it derived, yeah. the transition from each from each decade to the into the new decade. How did it start in the seventies? A lot of people said it started in the fifties with this 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 uh acapella R and B group because it was rapping <laughs> a Westcom, and then they say you know Grandmaster for all these guys and Rock yeah. Kim kind of made it cool, and Curious One did this, and mm-hmm. all this it, Slick Rick so. Knowing these different variations of hip hop, now we get to this point of singing, rapping, and melody, more melodies, more than, you know, so you need to know the foundation, the history of hip hop, so you can put your own twist to it. How can you, how can you make hip hop different? How can you sustain hip hop in its own self? How can you do these things that an artist, a lot of people don't do this, just get in and think I'm on a, like, but if you really study the game, bro. 
these they they paved the way, bro. So I I love I love hip hop. I love rap. MCing a whole whole shebang. Like these DJs were were the original MCs because they was on the microphone. You had to do both, and then and then be able to rap. Like it's just a lot of man. So it's a lot that goes into yeah. So a lot of that goes into hip hop, man, and a lot of people don't appreciate it enough. It's not about getting famous. They didn't do it to become famous. They did it because that was their voice. Even NWA, that was their voice. Like, oh, yeah. that's a part of hip hop. So, anywho, I digress. Yeah, hip hop royalty. Definitely, definitely another another exactly. Album. That, that's a part of that lineage. Um, and now getting into into uh, Logic's new single, "Wake Up," featuring Lucy Rose and the first lead, lead single off of his upcoming album, February College Park. It, this is a very well-rounded <sighs> one, which was, you know, introspective and, and emotional, kind of getting more revealing in the process. Um, what were your thoughts on, on a single that, I mean, this is very, you know, for a first lead, lead, lead single, it is one that has the focus of being more introspective. And what do you kind of feel as though, you know, is, is his intention um, having this lead single to, to be the one for his upcoming project? Boo. Boo. Stay retired. Come on, Logic. You keep giving, like, bro, no, bro. Stay retired. What are you doing? <sighs> if you're going to come back, bro, we, we've we heard this from you already. We've heard this from you. If you're going to come back at retirement, if you're going to give this whole spiel about your family and all this stuff that we we come to love from you, and then you say you're going to step away and you're going to retire, if you're going to come back, you better give us something different. Yeah. You better you better be singing. That's why Joe Budden hates him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see if they, what it, one of the homies bring this up. You know, Lodge's come up with that. Oh, that's going to be so funny. <laughs> That's what he's gonna, he's do, gonna go on a whole rant. <laughs> a whole rant for 30 minutes. That's the podcast, bro. Forget all the other topics. Forget everything else. <laughs> and I think I think Lodge is a good rapper, bro. Yes, I think yeah. he's a hip hop, hip hop enthusiast, bro. I think that's that's why I like him because he, he could tap in those different uh the different ranges of hip hop and music, bro. Mm. And I, I love how it's in his concepts, bro. I love him, especially when he was on the um he was on the. It was like he was in a spaceship and then trying to find a new world. Uh, please come on, let me find it before. Oh, the incredible true story, bro. That is my favorite album of his. Everybody, I like that one too. But I go back and listen to the incredible true story and then Bobby Tarantino. I like that too. Bobby like Tarantino all his early really stuff, yeah. Yes. But. The incredible true story about how, like, bro, it was so man. dope in the music, bro, man. Yeah, we got to do that one. Fade away, fade, bop, fade away, bro. He was bro, locked in. He was locked in, in bro. <laughs> That's what I know. So if you, we've heard this stuff from you. So if you yeah. gonna come out of retirement, bro, you gotta give us something different. And this track was not a single. That's what I'm saying. That wasn't a single track. I'm like, how can, that's a, that's just an album song, man. Like you can't, you can't, can't bro, put out something like what. <laughs> and we're big on this, if yeah, you know, bro. This was not a single song, mm-hmm. not to me, yeah, and, and obviously not to you too. So, nah. ow, <laughs> ow. if there's one thing this podcast <laughs> will, 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 will always clarify is what's a single and what is not a single. <laughs> And and that and and that was was definitely not it. 
definitely not it, bro. Unless a couple people listen to this one before you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to drop this one first. I'm going to drop this one <laughs> a month before. <laughs> and, and, and now getting into, into Party Next Door's latest track, Her Old Friends. And this was a, a slower type track produced by OG Parker and G. Rye. Um, he tries to kind of get back in the lane of old school R&B smoothness, passionate vocals, and, and blunt lyrics. But obviously, like this has been a, it's been a long time since we've heard a song from Party Next Door. Um, what were your, your, your thoughts on this one and, and what he possibly might be coming out with next? I thought this was not a single song, <laughs> bro. What are we doing here? This is not a single song, bro. This was not a single song. This was an album. This song needs to feed into something else. Latch on to something. And then the auto tunes on this was kind of weird. It, it, this was a weird song, bro. Party. I'm a huge part of it. You know, I, yeah, big. Yeah. Big. This isn't big it. <laughs> this isn't it, bro. Her old friends. I'm getting hyped. I, I'm getting I'm getting hyped the day before because I'm seeing I'm seeing 40 promoted. I'm seeing the whole OB. I'm like, oh, this is this nice. is about to this is about to be this is about to go up again. I'm like, this was crazy. This was not. <laughs> Boy, this was me. <laughs> Might even be a low mid. <laughs> Bro, y'all from Toronto, y'all up there, but this was me. Boy, what is going on here? You driving from Toronto? We we expected some heat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say nothing to me, boy. Nigga, like, uh. <laughs> no, man. This was this was not a this was not a single song. I just, I really didn't like it at I all. Just, I didn't, yeah, that's the, I, this, even if it there there have been some songs that 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 have been released that that weren't single songs, but I still yes. liked it. This right. is not even one. I, even even when he releases it next time, I don't think this is one I like. You can't even make a case for it. I can't even say like the concept of I don't really like the the production. I don't really like. I mean. Well, I like the beat. I just don't like the auto tunes, the the pitch they got them in, and just like the uh, I don't like it. The last album we we were reviewed for him was Party Mobile in twenty twenty. Yes. Did, did we like that one? No, I did not. Okay, I like three songs: three song, Loyal, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one with Rihanna, and um, what's the one your news? Your blue don't yeah news yeah, yeah. that one. Party Pack obviously was songs that he's had on YouTube and just yeah. kind of condensed them. I love Party. I still listen to Party Pack, but Party Mode I didn't really like. So this album, bro, come get. This, get, this come is, on. This has got to be one that that brings Savon back because just like how Division was. <laughs> bro, I don't even listen to Division new stuff, bro. I just listen to the, the same old stuff. Uh, hallucination. <laughs> that, 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 that's when you know it's bad when artists like I still like your old stuff. I just like your. I'm not bro, listening. <laughs> it's sad, bro. It party, bro. I don't know. Maybe he's just more so writing this past couple of years. He's just been more writing for other people. He's been bro. writing a lot though. Yeah. yeah, he need to go through something. He need to go through another Kalani scandal. Or so. Oh, that's bad. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I just try to say that. I didn't mean to say that loud. Man, it's I love, I love how we I love how we want our artists to suffer the most. Like, man, go back in your take care. <laughs> no, bro, I need you to take a picture of a female that's not supposed to be there. That's what I need you to do, brother. Cause uh, this ain't it. Cause he say if I don't go through nothing, I don't go to the studio. What you going through with this one? You could have. <laughs> no, about that one. You need to go talk to Kalani again as well. Kalani person. 
Because Kalani's killing. Kalani hasn't missed it. Like, I don't know Boy, when. <laughs> in a minute. And she don't know what she like. She just be in there. She's she somewhere, but she ain't missed. She definitely has not missed. missed at all. Um, and now getting into our last review with ASAP Rocky's uh, Same Problems. In this new single, it's kind of built as a tribute to artists who've you know, recently died. And it's it's the first lead of track for, for his um upcoming new album, Don't Be Dumb. And it's already said that features such as um Miguel, Thundercat, Lil Yachty, and Tyler, the Creator. Um, but what were your thoughts on this track, kind of, you know, being one that, that reflects on the cycle of life and death um, in, in connection to generational struggles? He's back. I like I like ASAP Rocky as a rapper, yeah, like, like bro. I like his music, bro. He he got a it's he got a deep brings a different different element. I think it's all in his tone and pitch. His voice is is really different. It's is definitely I think he's his voice is similar to uh Corday's. Corday yeah. has that lisp too, but it's also it's just perfect pitch. But no, I thought this was dope, bro. I thought it was obviously the content, the concept, obviously amazing. And I thought this was a good the production was good. His vocals was good. I think everything was really good. This got saved. He can have a really good album this year. I yeah, think he I can think have so a really too. good album. Yeah, I think so too. Now this was really dope. Now I'm, I'm eager because he's been, you know, been through all the stuff, being a father, being in jail, all this stuff, and I think him being in a high, taking a high. Last thing we were he was on was Nigos' yeah. album, and his, those songs were bangers. Oh, yes, yes, definitely got so, saved. Yeah, so um, it's, I'm eager to see what is out. Now we have a new person that he dropped an album, so I, we'll put him on the list of like people we're That's waiting the one to we're drop. Looking forward so, yeah. To. We, yeah. We, 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 we've kind of been looking for like who's that next person we're going to be waiting yeah. for, but I, I definitely think uh, this, this is a, another guy who can do that. Like, Do you think he, he, it's going to be one of those processes where he may drop another single and lead up to? Because like, this was a solid one. Um, but yeah. do you think he, he possibly needs another one kind of kind of before he kind of gets into that full, you know, album mode? I think so. I need he, I think he needs another energy one. I think this yeah. was really dope to kind of he probably been sitting on for a while and like like I think I want to release it. But I think he needs to give us one of those up tempo, gritty ones, maybe yeah. put Tyler Creator on it or something and like a, a viral take, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One that'll really like catapult him, get everybody get hyped for. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with our view of the nanny. Welcome back to the show. And now we're getting to a review of the nanny to start the overview. Nanny is a 2022 horror film written and directed by Nikia Jusso, her feature director debut. It stars Anna Diop, Michelle Monaghan, Cinqua Walls, and Morgan Spector. Uh, Jason Blum serves as an executive producer through through this uh, Blumhouse television banner. The film follows Aisha, an illegal immigrant in New York City, who hopes her new job as a nanny will help bring her young son to the, to the United States. But when a violent presence begins to invade both her dreams and reality, it threatens to destroy everything she's fought for. Um, this film also had a 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, also a won, won an award at, at Sundance uh, Film Festival. But what were your initial thoughts um, on this film and how um, Anna, Anna Diop's strong central performance kind of, you know, led it very well? You know, at first it started as like, you know, the normal you know, immigrant comes over, try to work. What's the job that most immigrants get? Yeah, women immigrants. It doesn't yeah. matter where you're from. Nannies, right? Taking care of other people's kids while you leave your kids, you know, in the country because you're trying to make a better living. But then it turns into something that's crazy. Man, but I like it, though. I thought it was a good film. Um, yeah. One thing I well now we'll get to that when we talk about that, but I I do think her performance really. Why is it lagging? I think I'm lagging, Jonathan. 
Yeah. Nah, you're you're still current. Okay, because it's still like loaded. But anywho, I'm sorry. Uh, but I thought it, I thought it was a good film. I really thought that her performance was really really good to be able to bring that you know element out of like. We, we all see the storyline immigrant comes, but she, it was a bit different. I think it was like her performance was on steroids a little bit, but no, I thought it was good. I thought, I thought, it, I thought it was a good movie. I thought, I thought first, first glance, I thought it was a good movie, but it kind of, yeah, it ended weird. <laughs> the ending was, yeah, I, I can't, can't, can't fast forward to that yet. <laughs> right. But, but I was but trying I mean, to, yo, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. But I mean, but this is one of those movies where it feels like, the performance of of the main actress Anna Diop like is something that kind of elevates it more. Like, do you feel as though it's one of those things where obviously like it had a good idea, a, a good central theme to it, but her performance kind of elevated to higher heights in terms of the critical acclaim it's getting. Yeah, it, and and on top of that, bro, I think the supporting the supporting cast was pretty good too. I won't take anything from them, but her, yeah, like you said, her performance really kind of enhanced the character. Is bringing that that uh mother mother nature side of it that mm-hmm. that that uh romantic side because she falls in love with the front desk clerk and it was just just typical stuff yeah. and then you you find out more her character can, continues to build and you find more about her and she's a savage she, she's definitely savage she'll do anything necessary for family so like you, you you unravel more and more about the character as it go and i think she did a really good job of making the character her own and bringing different elements out of that character when it was on paper, but on the screen. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and now getting to our first topic from one to four stars, uh, what would you give it? I, I would give it three because I feel as though this was a film that kind of, you know, intricately weaved, weaved a tale that may be similar to other films, but not not in its main character or, or her culture's beliefs. And the movie kind of communicates that in a very visceral way. But yeah. um, from one to four stars, what would be your particular rating? I'll give it three. Um, I think it missed opportunities scenery wise, shooting wise. I think he missed different elements of shooting hero shots and a couple other shots that, yeah, could have went deeper to kind of enhance the storyline and bring it out more. I think they rely more too much on the storyline, but it's a, it's a, it was a lot of slow panning and, you know, panning right, panning left, close up shots. I think they missed a lot of opportunities to get the, um, the environment. To get it to to tell the story a little more, it was a lot of fast shots, a lot of like not steady shots. I'm a, you know I how we talked like, about the last Black Man in San Francisco a few episodes ago, how like how yes. it captured the environment, bro. It, it, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what, certain that movies can do shot, that. Yeah, can do that perfectly. <laughs> and I think they relied too much on the storyline. Like yeah. a lot of directors or first time directors and executive directors don't realize if you sh- the the scenery tells the story as well if you can be able to tell the story and then enhances the storyline that's it makes your movie strengthens your movie immediately mm-hmm. but i think yeah they they missed the opportunity to i think if they would have did that it would have been four stars i think the storyline is good but i think oh, yeah. they missed i mean it is a prime video so it's not like i mean and then it was a private went to the sundance so maybe it didn't have the resources mm-hmm. but i think they they missed the opportunity to be able to enhance the storyline with the scenery the shooting the different shots yeah, definitely. Um, and, and now getting into our next topic, favorite character. I, I, I would go with Aisha because she definitely is like yeah. one of the, uh, obviously the most important character in this one. Has a lot going on in terms of, you know, things changing, things things switching up, her trying to figure out what's happening and, and, and just trying to make sense of every everything that, that that's taking place. But 
Um, to you overall, who would be your favorite character? I like Aisha too. Um, just she seems like she's jungling a lot and be able to go and have a, a clear mind at certain moments of the film that she had to have because if she was erratic or you know in, you know succumb to her feelings for most of the scene, I think she wouldn't accomplish or did the things necessary to be able to you know maneuver with throughout the film. So I, I love the the clear mindedness she had in certain moments. But yeah, she she was a rocky, you know, trying to balance love, trying to get your kid back. Your your cousin's not answering the phone. Like it's just you have a good yeah. job. It's like it's like a up up and down battle. Mm-hmm. Especially you leaving your son anyways and you thinking everything's gonna be good. But no, I think she balanced everything in a, in a, in a nice light, even when it got chaotic. But I think her character is definitely the strong one. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and now getting into most memorable scenes, I had had the, the mirror scene, also the water nightmare. Um, yeah. Uh, the, oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 nanny meeting Malik, also the spicy food scene where Amy has a problem with the food Aisha is making for her daughter, and then that ends up in, in a in a big argument. Um, yes. Which was was kind of kind of one of the moments where you kind of see the, the the change between Amy and and what was happening with the nanny overall in this movie, but. Uh, to you, were there any memorable scenes in this one that, that, that kind of stood out to you and were maybe some of the standouts? I think the one that obviously Wellington always picks is the best ones, and then I went left with the scraps. But I do think the one that you at the tail end when she cooked the wrong meal, I think in that moment she realized where she was in the pecking order yes. and that she understood where she was and that everything looks good, but then I'm working for somebody else. Like, it's just like that realistic moment, like, oh my gosh, what's what's going on? Why am I here? What's what's the motive? Oh, yeah. Bob. Yeah, so Your I think that was- open up. Yeah. Yes, more realistic moment. Girl, you from another country, you're an immigrant, you're working for a white woman. <laughs> <laughs> what more do we need to say? <laughs> right, like, yo, she, she employs you, she pays your bills. I mean, so yeah. that, I think that was more so her- <clears throat> humble moment, humility moment, and just realizing where she is. So right. I think that was a more powerful scene to kind of like understand her character a little more. Definitely. Uh, and, and now getting into most memorable quotes, I had, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. Also, jobs don't fall from the sky. Just work hard to keep it. Um, mm-hmm. I need to bring him here. I do not ignore the signs. Spirits are trying to warn you. Also, I'm a mother too. And then finally, I wish I knew what was happening to me. Um, were there any particular quotes that, that, you, that you kind of felt as though um, were, were maybe the ones that, that, that kind of held, held a, a very significant meaning throughout this film. Once again, you pick all the good ones. Um, the one that stood out, I wish I knew, understood what everything was happening. I think yeah. that was the most, the, the biggest it, yeah. quote. Yeah, solidified it because she, <laughs> <laughs> she knew what she didn't know. Yeah, she was going through <laughs> everything. And then I, I do like the one that said, I'm a mother too. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the other. The, I think that she was, had to speak uh, up for herself throughout Amy, late, later it? in the movie. Yeah, it's Amy. Yeah, Amy. Yeah, Amy said that. So I think kind of gave a different perspective on her character too. She wasn't all, uh, you know, bad person. Mm-hmm. That she understand the woes of being a mother. Yeah, uh, and I mean, like the support with the supporting cast. Like, were, was there any other character that you felt as though was maybe? Obviously, like Aisha was the most important character, but but yeah. one that that was another kind of central one or influential one um, that played a part later in the movie. I think Malik was Malik allowed her yeah. or gave her avenue to escape. Yeah, right. He love, was her, he was her know, escape. Yeah, yeah. Love makes you escape from reality sometimes, and it can be like a a dream state. 
and just given to what she's come from being from an immigrant from and then leave her a child, have them to work, have them do certain things. And then impromptu fall in love with the, the front desk guy. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, he allowed her escape. Um, but I think he was a good foundation for her, for the, the stint that they had together. But yeah. I think his character was beneficial too. And like, oh, you know, love, even like, even heat, you know, we, we, we talked about her, um, her, the, that character giving him an escape for a moment and he mm-hmm. realized he and chose he like, I gotta I gotta go I gotta make my move yeah <laughs> right I gotta do this is what I, I I'm a man of my word so so I think those those characters are always beneficial man every time I, I rewatch he and he 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 she she said you know he says you know we're good we're leaving and then he makes that turn like he, he like something just, just flips in him like I, I gotta I gotta finish the job <laughs> I gotta finish, gotta the, finish job. the job and that's the pride <laughs> Just walk away, bro. <laughs> Why are guys like? Why are we like that? I don't know. Is everything bro. good? Just... Yeah, it's good, man. Now nah, I gotta get a bit. <laughs> I gotta, yeah. You wrong me, so I gotta exactly. go kill him. I gotta put you in harm's way. Ambulances. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna be right back. But ambulances, helicopters are all coming when I'm going. <laughs> and they give you one final look, like I'm sorry, and then. Hightail it, yo. Some, that is I don't know cold where blooded. they were. That yeah. is cold blooded. That <laughs> hay haystacks in the middle, like where are these haystacks were. <laughs> but no. Um, and, and now getting into what did you like the most about the storyline? T- to me, just it was very grounded, kind of in, in its approach, approach to mental health and awareness. I mean, that was something that was kind of like keyed on in the movie, and and, and Aisha was really kind of having to, to to navigate throughout that, like like what is happening to me, like how was my son all of these different things that were kind of affecting like her her job and, and the focus level that that, that, she, that she could have with it um but to you kind of like what particular element of this storyline did you like the most yo i hate it but like at the same time i should have said this one of the, the scenes mm-hmm. when she finally gets the money to you know get the plane ticket and yeah. she meets and the cousin is there and her son is not there and he drowned Man. She did all of this. And he drowned. Man. Talk about bro, so, yeah, talk, talk about, about that, bro. Yeah. Why did you edit that way? That's what I'm that that ending. That's the ending. Like but I don't think they could end it anyway, because it could be a triumph moment. Mm-mm. Not with a movie like this. It's realistic. I think this movie, what I really love about this storyline, it was realistic. Mm. Yeah, like, okay. And the depiction is perfect. Like, come from a different country, blah, blah, blah. Possibly fall in love or work or whatever. And then you, everything you're doing, the whole purpose you're there, that purpose is gone, but you don't know that. Mm. And you get, you you finally got this trauma moment and then realism, he died already. He drowned. So, man, that was a crazy ending. But I think you couldn't end it any other way, storyline wise. Like I mean, this it's almost like the 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 movie was always already leading, always leading up to a tragic ending. It, it just yes. it, just from the jump, you knew like this was gonna have a tragic kind of ending. Ending mm-hmm. that was gonna make you wonder why why did they have to to do it like this? And it's so it's so realistic though, bro. It's so yeah. realistic how those things happen, and and I think that's the 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 the, the truth about the storyline. I, I like ending that, but I don't. But like, if you're rooting for a character and she's going through all this stuff, she finds little escapes who love. She's overcoming so much, and then 
at the tail end, you telling the the viewer she has to overcome one more thing, mm-hmm. and it's her son the dying. Biggest thing. Like, bro, that's crazy. Man. But I understand why they did it that way. I just don't like it. But I mean, the storyline. I think the realism of the depiction of immigrants and coming over and trying to purpose. It's always the purpose of what the, the the mother as a mother. I have to go do that as a father. I have to go do this for for my family. So, mm-hmm. and to be able to do that, accomplish what you sought out to do with all the barriers that you faced throughout the film to say that your son drowned and your cousin didn't tell you because she's a coward. Man, that's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Listeners, that that's the ending that we wanted to 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 leave to like the end for us to reveal because that was a brutal, a brutal, a brutal. Just I mean, it, bro, it just such a brutal way to, to end them. I but, was so hyped, bro. I was so hyped, like because you were like, okay, she finally got the money. Okay, let's go. Okay, yeah, she yeah. They play ticket. Okay, okay, where they at? Like the whole time I'm thinking, like, okay, where they at? And she like, okay, call her. She's not answering the phone. Is she finally fine? I'm thinking a kid in the bathroom or something. <laughs> No, buddy died, drowned. So, man, what yeah. an ending! Yeah, that yeah. was that was tough. And, and, and now getting into our, our our last topic, ten years from now, like, do you still think this will be a watchable, intriguing? Obviously, this is a very recent movie. Um, yeah. And, and and in terms of it, like like this is this is one that it, it, it's it's obviously a lot. This is an Amazon Prime movie. This isn't one that's that has the same kind of distribution that other movies yeah. has. Do you feel as though like that? possibly might might even affect the watch because it, it, this is yes. a good movie but it's it's very different in terms of the, the distribution that it had once again get out my head well it's because i was thinking just that it won't be watchable in 10 years because it's a prime video movie yeah. they recycle so many movies in and out free with ads and other movies that they kind of you know holster on the on amazon prime and whatever but mm. i think it'll get lost if you don't, don't get lost you, in the it, shuffle yeah, it's yeah. going to get lost in the shelf in the next three, four years. Yes, it, you went to Sundance, has his on Rotten Tomatoes, but if you really not on Prime Video or anything like that, Amazon Prime, you're not, you're not, you're not gonna, gonna this. you're not gonna watch it. Because I watched it because it was like I saw the um the the previews, and then I was like, okay, what's this? Yeah, the nanny, okay, what's 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 this? At? You know, and then I checked it out, and I was like, okay, this is this is dope, but then. It's gonna get lost in the shuffle because it's not like you said. It's you not know, gonna, gonna be like, man, I gotta go rewatch Dandy. Right, exactly. No, like, bro, when it, when I saw the whistle, I was like, oh, I already watched that. I need to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> man, those are the movies that you know just it's not gonna be the same. Like, nope. when, when you get it, when you get a, a a message for a review and be like, oh man, I gotta rewatch that one. But this is it's it doesn't no. have that same effect. Yeah. Nah, uh, uh-uh. it's not the same thing. Not ten years from now, bro. No, no, we're not criticizing. We're not criticizing it. We're just saying for full scope it won- standards. It yeah, just, it just won't doesn't. be rewatchable. <laughs> of all the movies we reviewed, with each in each decade, even now, like we review movies in two from 2020, mm-hmm. 18, 19. This was with 2021. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one is yeah, it's not like okay, I'll go back and rewatch it. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wendell Burns. I'm my kind of part, Save by Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.